This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right, it's going. All right. All right. You can see the numbers counting there? Okay, that's that's the proof. <laughs> this... This ha- this is a spoiler alert. If you want to watch this movie and not know how it ends, this is not the podcast. Oh, for oh you. geez, just let's, just let people be spoiled. Let's spoil people <laughs> a little bit. I'm yeah, we're gonna reveal everything. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I think that the thing, I think that the important thing is, is that people probably want to go and and see this this movie. Now, uh, and and it starts with uh, four years ago. I was doing a Kickstarter about the world domination gardening DVDs, and uh, I spotted this on Kickstarter, and I contacted them. Uh, in the end, I sent out on my dailyish email, and I, you know, I posted it at a permies, and but I mentioned it twice on the dailyish email that it's like if you're going to support two Kickstarters right now. Then, uh, yay, support mine. But if you're going to support only one, I think you should go support this other Kickstarter. Uh, and it is really How important. magnanimous of you. I'm fucking awesome. Uh, have I pointed that out before? A <laughs> few times. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, so this is the food cure. Right. That's and the name of the movie. And we, uh, since you supported it, we were able to watch the preview of it the full thing right on Vimeo and I imagine that by the time this podcast is out that it's going to be out for everybody but um, it looks pretty done to me um, the Kickstarter was in uh, 2014 and it had around 1500 backers and they um, got 123,000 in pledges yeah and uh, uh in the movie, they talk about how, at the beginning of the movie, they talk about it, it takes five years. It's kind of like a, a general milestone. If, if you're if you're alive five years later, that's that's a big big deal. Right. And that's a that's like because you're, you're considered a cancer survivor, even if you still have cancer yeah. five years later, uh, which which surprised me. I didn't realize that, but. In terms of cancer tracking and statistics, you're a survivor at five years. Which kind of helps to explain why it took so long uh, for Maybe. this. Because it's, it's been four years. It's yes. been four years since I put my money in for yeah. this Kickstarter. Now, uh, uh, i got to point out, and you know what? There are, I'll bet that there are 20 videos that we have in the hopper to watch and do a podcast review of. Oh, easily. And, and this one just came through a couple of hours ago, and and it's like um, for a variety of reasons. But one of the big things for me is that um, I mean, it is exhausting playing the role that I play, whatever that is. Um, and it is like every fucking week there's some new bullshit to deal with. 
Um, it's going to be some dumb fuck standing up and saying dumb fuck things and it's like and I don't even get as much as Sepp Holzer or Willie Smiths or whatever but it's like fuck I'm just trying to move forward and it's like and and I got to admit that in the last couple of months it's like fuck you know why do I even bother if I did nothing at all and I just let all these fuckwits all over the world die from their own stupidity, that would be supporting Darwin's theory. <laughs> Eventually, dumb fucks won't breed because it's going to affect them earlier and earlier. All right, but then then I'm, you know, but I keep moving forward because I just feel powerfully compelled, and then I'm reminded why. And I kind of feel like, uh, and I've got a I've got a thread out at Permis called The Mission, and maybe we should do a podcast just about that yeah. thread. Well, and it's it's pretty much like, you know, I, and if I remember correctly, I'm just going to guess, I'm, 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 I, I, but I looked it up at the time that I wrote that thread, The Mission, and, and the core of it is, is that the first ever pediatric oncology unit was created, I believe it was in like 1950 or 1947 or something like that. And now there's something like 400 of them. And it's not because, you know, oh, well, we used to just let the little fuckers die because, you know, that's one less mouth to feed. It's just the way it goes. It's just the uh, it's the hand of God, uh, you know, picking out the duds, uh, you know. But no, uh, it's, I believe it's because our world, and then granted, you know, at the at the turn of the uh, uh, 20th century from, from, you know, uh, 1899 to 1900, I mean, the level of toxicity was immense. I mean, uh, uh, cities were just a, a cloud of gick. But it's like it's gotten worse. I mean, it looks better, mm. but it's actually far worse. And, and I feel like a huge part of my body work. Oh, and and I, I got to also respond to the thing you said yesterday privately to me. What? Like You're bringing that up here? Like <laughs> what did I say? The, what was it? It was it was like I've become the uh, rocket mass heater guy. Oh, that yeah. That's yeah. because this rocket mass heater season, I have put out 37 YouTube videos about rocket mass heaters. Holy smoke! And and it's oh, like no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, and it's like this stuff is super important. I mean, we are. If if you go up into the wilderness, and this is really, you know, it, there's so many different factors here, but you go up into the wilderness and uh, you go fishing, you catch a fish, you eat the fish, you've got mercury toxicity, and it comes from the coal power plant. Right. And rather than going and saying, damn it, stop poisoning my fishies, uh, it, I, the thing I think to do is like, you know what, if people just heated with a rocket mass heater instead... All the coal power plants would be shut down. There, there's, there's not enough. There won't be justification to have them continue running. Well, and I've said before in previous podcasts, a lot of people they turn on their electric furnace or their electric heaters or plug in their electric whatever to heat themselves, and they don't realize that some of that's coming from coal plants. They just think, oh, this is clean. There's no smoke. And, and they don't they don't realize. But I want to get into the movie because okay. I wrote down some of the cancer statistics they talked about. The movie is the food cure, which is basically the Gerson therapy for uh, cancer. No, I, I think that I mean they're, they're, 
I think that when it comes to alternative cancer cures, yeah, that Gerson's the most popular. Yeah. But there were clearly people that were doing things other than True. the Gerson cure. And, and, I, and I think the thing I want to emphasize uh, throughout this is that um, uh, whenever somebody finds an alternative cure, it does not mean that that's the only alternative cure. Good point. I'm, I'm going to guess that there I'm, I'm going to guess that there are hundreds of recipes for beating cancer that uh, are, are not the Gerson cure and are not conventional medicine. Well, and I have a huge list of disclaimers that I want to throw out there because mm-hmm. I play Dr. Mom a lot and and some of that is very risky business. Um, like the time I gave you so much turmeric, you, <laughs> you broke out in a rash, okay. <laughs> you know. But uh, and and we just recently found out we were giving you gout and maybe gallstones from giving you too much blue-green algae. So there's a lot of this stuff that I think that the pod people have not heard of. And so, first of all, a couple of years ago, I had cervical radiculopathy. Yeah. And, um, which before that, I had never been to a hospital. Um, And and then, uh, uh, what was it, like, last summer, last August? So, like, uh, five months ago, I got to discover what a gallstone is. I mean, yeah. you know, I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> I kind and, of ignored that. Yeah. And and then apparently for the last four years, uh, starting about four years ago, starting about the time that we moved here, then... Uh, I made sure you were taking your supplements, yes. which included blue-green algae. Yeah. The and, and it's like I started having gout. This this gout and and yeah. I didn't know it was gout. The first time, it's it's like man, my foot swole up so big that my toes could not touch the ground and it's hurt. It hurt. It felt like a, a golf lot. ball was in there. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was and so I I used the the aged old technique which worked which was. Um, uh, ignore it and hope it goes away. <laughs> and it worked. In a few days, it went away. And um, and then at some point in time, I went to Dr. Google and I. You know, all right, but you know what? That's a whole other podcast for another day. Right. But but very recently, uh, and we've documented is, it all on Permies. There's, right. there's threads that are Permies all about this. But very recently, we suspect that it had to do with a supplement that I was taking for the last 10 years. Right. So what, I, what I'm trying to do by illustrating the turmeric and the chlorella, and also even in the movie itself, the fur, food cure, they talked about Dr. Gerson, and when he initially was doing his his type of nutritional immune therapy, I guess you could call it that. Um, these, the the cancer was being killed off so quickly by the patient's you, own immune system that they would have liver failure. You're, you're yeah, jumping way ahead. No, but, but yeah. But it's a disclaimer um, because there's been news stories of people trying to do their own herbal detoxes right. and they die of liver failure. So right. this, this because the, because it's working. This shit is real. Is what I'm trying and, to say. And so it's like we're going to try and take this tumor, break it up in little pieces, and then we're going to run it through your liver. And yeah. uh, in, and if it if if the treatment doesn't work, then your liver will be fine. But if the treatment works, your liver's gonna be sad. Well, it's amazing what the liver processes, and yeah. and and we don't even know the half of it because we're lay people. Um, but you yeah. know, in in the past, I've had to process lots of um, candida die off, which which 
in part gave me non-alcoholic fatty liver issues or liver issues. You know, there's things that clog up your liver. So disclaimer, understand this shit is real. Herbs and food can do amazing things in your body. And, and, and it's important to do it right. So about 12 years ago, I posted something on Permies, which was um, about curing cancer in a week. And it was through just food stuff. Right. And With some herbal supplements, too. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And after I had it up for a week, I got so much hate mail. Yeah. Like, and it was all based on stop giving people false hope. People are going to refuse to get proper treatment because of what you're... Eventually, I just didn't want the shit anymore, and I took it down. And then I think it was about a year later that I was like, fuck that noise. And I put it back up. And I put it back up with a message of, if you want to tell me to not take this, to, to take, if you want to tell me to take this down because it gives people false hope, I need you to fuck off and die and leave me alone, what? because I'm sharing information and human beings have the right to choose what path they take. Now I've gotten a lot of shit about that thread ever since, but I've left it up. Well, isn't it in the cider press now? I mean, I don't know. I uh. I haven't looked at it in years. I haven't either, but that's the one advantage we have at Permies is difficult, uh, um, high-octane topics to discuss can be in the cider press where you you need to have apples to post there. Well, the, the thing is, is that it's kind of like, and as we're going to go through this, I mean, there's, there is, I, I think that, um, I think that there are corporate trolls. That have because you can configure Google so that whenever anything new appears with the word cancer in it, it sends you a notification. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is some organization that you know basically yeah. is big pharma. Yeah. You know uh, that they're going to uh, have a team of 400 people whose job it is to just process every time the word cancer comes up to jump out there and say bullshit. Right. You know, and and that's their whole job. Yeah. And um, in fact, a lot of that sentiment is going to be covered here. Now the food cure was a very this this movie that we just watched was not very political. Uh, um, we have a podcast earlier that, that was about uh, the, the the beautiful truth, and it touched on politics a little bit. Um, this one this one touched on politics less, and and it's like, uh, but you you do see it. I mean, it's basically the reason why you're not allowed to do this, and and not allowed is an accurate phrasing, uh, is is po political. And yeah. Well, I thought it was, and, and based on money, follow the money. That's what Fathead the movie, which we also reviewed, right. said, follow the money. And they didn't go into this. This was a focus on six people, six people with cancer. And I loved it that they were all over the world. All over the world and at different stages of cancer, different types of cancer. And, and different ages. Oh, you yeah. Know, too. <gasps> oh, yeah. What a spectrum. I mean, one of them was like. You know, hot out of the oven. A baby. Yeah, uh, six months old. Yeah. So uh, um, that, and I thought the documentary was really 
wonderfully honest in a lot of ways, and I thought it was well done. But I, let's just dive into our notes uh, because I'm I'm ready to talk about what it was about. Um, they <laughs> the opening was. You know, I, it was just beautifully done. You know, the opening was showing typical conventional cancer treatment just in a, like, video montage of, you know, here's radiation, x-rays, MRIs, chemos, mammogram, surgery. You know, it was just kind of showing, okay, this these are all the tools we typically use and see to treat cancer. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to talk about the food cure. So, um even from the opening, it was great. Six patients, one radical decision. So all six um, were told that they had cancer. Some of them, I think two or three of them, no, two of them, I think, had stage four and were basically told, go home and die. Yeah. Um, which to me, it sounds like, wow, we looked at the numbers and as an insurance company, we found out that if you just died, that we would make more money. And that's what's convenient to us. Could you just go home and die, please? Oh, that would be so handy. Thanks so much. Well, and the, the thing that just shocked me um, were some of the st- statistics, easy for me to say. Um, they were saying now it's one in three women and one in two men will get cancer. Holy smokes, I had no idea it was that high. Yeah. I, I mean... One in two men, one in three women. Um, You know, I used to think that we got better at diagnosing cancer when in the past, when we didn't have advanced medicine, people would just die and they didn't know what it was from. However, from these statistics, since we have had modern medicine and we have been able to tell when there's cancer, it's showing from 1950 to 2017 that cancer has increased at least threefold. And and now, um, you know, countries that start taking on the Western lifestyle, their cancer increases. And children, the number two death for children now after accidents is cancer. So this goes back to those um, oncology wards, pediatric oncology yeah. wards that you were mentioning. And that was one of the things that one of the presenters in there said is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's more cancer now because there's more people. And then her point was, is like, okay, well, let's take a look at children's cancer then. Let's only focus on, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, so anyway, I thought that was a pretty powerful point. But um, for me, it was about uh, nine years ago that um, I was meeting Sepp Holzer for the very first time, like face-to-face. I'd seen his videos and things like that. And at one of the, uh, at a bunch of the different events I was going to, there was, uh, so I went to like all uh, 12 days of Sepp Holzer stuff. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of other people that also did that because it was a bunch of, Different, like if you come on this day, it's a focus on blah blah blah. On and ponds, and this, and this day, day it's on, on something else. And, yeah. And so there were a few other people that were there for the whole 12 days. So there was right. this woman that was from Boston or something like that, and she had like you know 4,000 acres somewhere, and uh, apparently she's a physician. Yeah. And at one point, uh, we're standing around waiting for something. I can't remember what it is, and we're visiting, and she's telling me how cancer has gone up by a factor of 400. So it's there's 400 times more cancer than there used to be. Wow. And I I said, foolishly, because 
she just about slapped this out of my mouth. I said, do you mean to say it's gone up 400%? And that's when she kind of gave me this look of like, you're not, you're so fucking stupid. But, but anyway, no, 400 times, not 400%. And so 400% would be um, uh, five times more. Uh, it would be, you know, right. yeah, mathematically. So, so 400 yeah, yeah, yeah. times more is, uh, wow, you know. Yeah, that's different than what this movie said. That's <clears throat> far more of an increase. In right, the but then it's like, what's the starting point? I mean, yeah, if yeah, we yeah. start in like yeah. 1600 and, right. you know, what is it from 1600 to now? Right. I, I don't know where her starting point was. Right. Good point. Yeah. yeah. But in the movie, the starting point was 1950. From 1950 right. to now, it's it's gone up by a factor of three, according to the stats in the movie. Now, it's possible, uh, even probable, that, um, uh, you know, that the number is actually 20 times more. But, um, you know, you, you go from one industrial era to another industrial era. It seems like it's cleaner, but really it's it's more toxic. And yeah. so, yeah. But and that was another big thing, too, is I kind of felt like they, they addressed this just a little bit in the movie. And I wish they could have addressed it more. In fact, I think you can make a whole movie based entirely on and it could be called The Cancer Fairy, <laughs> you know, ding, you got cancer. You've just been randomly selected. To get yeah. cancer, you get, yeah, and and it's kind of like uh, for a moment they were talking about like you know there's all this money in cancer research and almost none of it goes to figuring out where does it come from, right? And it's like no, that's because we already know where the fuck it comes from, but we don't want to talk about it because that could make those manufacturers be held responsible for poisoning people. Well, and there's not money in that. There's money from the pharmaceutical companies. To find a pill cure. Yeah. It, that's what's being funded is, True. okay, what pill, what procedure, what very expensive thing can fix this? So that's where the research is going. Right. Because we give $500,000 to treat your cancer. Yeah. And, of course, and it's kind of funny like that, uh, the pink ribbon outfit. It's like, where did it come from? It came from, like, some kind of pesticide company, I believe. Yeah. And they, they were causing the cancer. Yeah. And so they started the fund. And then so now they've got two business branches, one that causes the cancer, that's the, the pesticides, pesticide. and the other side, which is all about cancer cures. Chemotherapy. It's a chemotherapy pharmaceutical company. And, and then the big thing is, is that people couldn't really afford it, so they set up the foundation. So you can put the money into the foundation and they can still get their money. So basically, all you're doing when you put the money in there is you're giving it straight to these these awful, awful people. Yeah. And I imagine that part of, maybe part of the uh, pink ribbon outfit is to pay for lobbyists to go down and shake their fists and say that all this stuff about food is medicine is bullshit. And, oh, and what, okay. It's going to get scary. It's going to get... I mean, it's not a political thing. It's like, holy shit, you got to be fucking kidding me. But, all right, let's... The, the big thing is, is that the cancer fairy thing, and this came from Joel Salatin. Joel Salatin, I believe, was the one who originally said, where do you think cancer comes from? The cancer fairy? Right. That's, you know? It's a good question. You know, and it's like, uh, uh, so, all right. Uh and so one of the points, the next point I've got written down on my list is that early on, this gal's told, okay, you got you got cancer and you got it bad. You're probably going to die. 
and and the doctor said, um, I want you to promise me, promise me that you are, when you go home, that you are not going to look up your cancer online. All right, that was Marie, a French-speaking Canadian Marie, an osteopathic physician, and um, she had triple negative breast cancer. And I don't know what the triple negative means, but but yeah, her doctor, knowing she was a doctor, said, don't go look this up because the prognosis was so horrific for this triple negative breast cancer. And I don't know what that is, but Marie is 44, married with four kids. Um, I made a list of all the different people. So she was French-speaking Canadian. Um, there was Michelle, who was actually British, but had moved to the States, um, who was 40, with also with breast cancer, and uh, taught yoga, um, owned a health food store, and did massage. So she was already doing really healthy things. Um, then there was Fred, another Canadian who was 67 and a truck driver. Um, and um, so he was kind of more, he was funny. He would just, you know, he was not afraid to say shit and just joke about... He in, was a truck driver, wasn't he? In Crassways, yeah. Yeah, so he was funny. And then um, Jeremiah was a five-month-old baby with lymphoma and already had um, skin lesions at five months, five, six months old. Um, and his... It was really, really rare. There were, like, only three pediatric cases of his scary, scary lymphoma, which was also in his bone marrow already as a baby. Um, then there was, I don't know how to say it, uh, Varina, maybe. She was in Switzerland and a florist and 49. And then there was Christine, who was 50 and in France and a, a restaurant owner. So Varina also had breast cancer. So three of the six had breast cancer. And then, uh, uh, Christine also had a type of lymphoma that had metastasized and she was in France. So, um, so a lot of them were 40 or 50. However, there was the baby and then Fred, who was a little bit older. So, I don't know. You got sucked into these people's lives and their story as, as a good documentary does. Yeah. You know, and you really learned. We, we, we mostly liked Fred and his wife because they reminded us a little bit of you and I. <laughs> oh. I think. Right. And, <laughs> a little bit. and there's a lot of similarities right now. It's like right now I eat a mostly vegan diet. Um, and, uh, more, I mean, I think everybody in the world eats a vegan diet to like, you know, like at least 10%, like, like their French fries that come with their burger. The French fries are vegan. <laughs> if you overlook whatever they're cooked in, <laughs> but, but it's like, uh, um, at this moment I'm eating what I'm eating to prevent. I mean, gallstones are a miserable thing and the gout is a miserable thing. And so I don't, I mean, so, and you're doing all of the heavy lifting. Well, even going back to when you had your spinal cord issue, um, there's a great video also on a food cure by Dr. Terry Wall, um, W-A-H-L, 
um, who cured her MS with food, basically, by researching how to feed the mitochondria in your system. So, and she recommended four cups of vegetables for every meal. Um, and she wasn't necessarily advocating vegan versus omnivore as much. I mean, her her diet protocol is more omnivore than the Gerson therapy is. The Gerson therapy is more vegan. It's not totally vegan, which was surprising. Right. But it's more vegan. Uh, but so ever since your cervical radiculopathy, I've been trying to keep our vegetable consumption quite high which takes a lot of chopping every day so it's a cha- it's a challenge it's a big deal um, and then we see a lot of that in this video as quite a few of these cancer patients chose the Gerson therapy well okay, okay I, I want to stop right there it's like I don't want to say this is the Gerson therapy. The Gerson therapy yeah. appears to be the most popular out of all of the alternatives yeah. and everything like that. And not everybody in this did the Gerson, but you know, I think True. I think four of the six did. Yeah. And so, um, and then even out of the ones that did, I think that there were two people that kind of did it half-assed. Five of the six did it. It was only the baby who did a different one in Chile, and we'll go into why they went to Chile. And it was named something else. I forgot the name. I didn't write down the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. <clears throat> So, um, so I don't think that this is like a Gerson. This this documentary true. is not a Gerson puff piece, and it's not a pro-vegan thing either. They no. weren't trying. They they definitely said plant-based nutrition therapy, but it wasn't. And there's more to it than that, but but yeah, they weren't saying oh everyone not like forks over knives or some other movies that. I like oh vegan is the only way to be healthy and and so it wasn't like that. At no, all. no, yeah, it wasn't like that at all. Um, but I think if, I think if the important thing is is that they are pointing out the challenges of treating your cancer, especially. I mean, basically, a lot of them were told, okay, here's the deal. What we want to do is put you through a whole bunch of radiation and and chemotherapy and stuff like that, and there's like an 85 percent chance that you're going to die from it. And it's like, but but we'll get paid, you know, and we don't, and uh, people die, and that's just part of the thing, you know. I mean, the attitude that you kind of see, or the attitude you kind of hear and feel from this is, is like, okay, we've got professional people over here. Their job is is to kind of feel sad for you, but we just do this so much that I just kind of feel like it's a machine, and um, and and then the, the, when you when you consider how they attack. The, the people that are trying to pursue, like, hey, what if I just take the toxins out of my life? What will happen? Is that okay? No. You keep sucking down those toxins. Well, I, I, I thought it was a good documentary in several ways, in that one of the women who had breast cancer, uh, two of the women who had breast cancer in here had later stages or more aggressive or dangerous breast cancers. But the the third one, at the beginning of this documentary, and at the beginning of her cancer, she had one of the easier cancers that was more successfully treated with chemotherapy. But she was the massage therapist and yoga instructor and did in no way want chemotherapy in her body, which I, which I respect. Yeah. I mean... So I get that, but, you know, the documentary was very clear, you know, early stage 
certain types of breast cancer are highly treatable with with chemotherapy, which I thought was a pretty balanced thing for the doc- documentary to say. And 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 then there was the opposite end of the spectrum where Christine in France. Uh, her when her lymphoma returned and had metastasized, they basically said, "We can't cure this. Chemotherapy isn't going to cure this, but the recommended treatment is to just give you chemotherapy for two to three years." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "What? You know, you want me to go through this torture and and abuse myself with chemotherapy?" Even though you say it won't cure it, but I, anyway, so so I think there is a bit of a, a stuck in the rut and stuck in okay, well this is the tool we have a hammer and even though you have a screw over here or a, or something that's not a nail, let's just keep hitting it with a hammer. Uh, it it seemed like. Um, uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who have a lot of disrespect for the American medical uh, uh, group. You know, the American medical AMA, bunch. Well, no, I'm not thinking about the AMA, like the, the that that particular. But it's like just American medical gobbledygook in general. Right. American medical stuff. Yeah. And um, and it's like, okay, if you're in a car accident, then American medicine is the best. It's awesome. But yeah. then if you have cancer, then American medicine is really famous for like being horrible. And a lot of it uh, is because of uh, the political stuff. And it kind of seems like, you know, there's all this alternative stuff. Uh, why can't you guys, uh, you know, do, but, but and, you, and you've pointed it out several times because there's no money to be made in doing that. Right. <clears throat> and, and you referred to Dr. Google. I did, I did think it was good of the documentary to point out that if you try and use Dr. Google or try to search, there is, they called it a confusing cacophony on the internet. Right. And there's scams, there's yeah, I wrote crazy down health fraud scam. Yeah. So, and, and then this kind of feeds back to my disclaimer at the beginning. I mean, there are people who try to do some of this stuff for themselves, like we have, and run into issues, or you can cause liver failure if you don't do it right. Right, right. And and I want to I want to get to that here in a little bit. But the big yeah. one is is like uh, the, the 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 movie made a big point of pointing out that a lot all of the stuff that they're showing in the movie is labeled as health fraud scam but they also point out there's a lot of stuff out there that does seem pretty dodgy and when you go and you google it it's like okay am i reading something that's legit or am i reading something that's a scam and they just like send us ten thousand dollars and we'll wish it away you know yeah and uh and then we'll laugh ourselves silly all the way to the bank yeah. You know, so it's like it's it's hard to tell. Is this like a a, a web page that's made extremely well by hucksters, or is this a web page that's made poorly by people who really know what the fuck they're doing? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so it's difficult. It's difficult to tell one from the other. Yeah. Now, I now speaking, I I, I want to get into probably the most political thing that they brought up in the whole movie. And um, and this is where uh, the, the whole thing about, like, these people are talking about what they might possibly try. So the whole movie starts with these people, these six people, when they find out that they've got the cancer. 
and so um, including the little kid who's like five or six months old. Such a cute baby. This, <sighs> this Hispanic family, they're just adorable. The mom and the dad are good looking. The baby's adorable. And uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet little family. So apparently if a child has cancer, then the states assign a worker to make sure... Caseworker in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that the parents follow conventional medicine. Um, and uh, and then the, the mom said, I would be a fugitive if I took my child to another country for treatment. Yeah, and refused the recommended treatment. Yeah, so parents can be, you know, thrown in jail or child taken away or whatever if you're not it because it can be considered child abuse to not give your kid chemotherapy if you're against chemotherapy right now the Uh, kid did not get chemotherapy even though the kid was obviously riddled to the gills with cancer i mean like yeah lesions and stuff are showing up and it's, it's like wow this is yep that's the cancer all right and so um i'm not sure exactly what all she did to pull it off but we do find out a little bit about what she did do mm-hmm. and how she how did how did she keep from going to jail but but later on uh they said something about like um she tried to go to the gerson clinic there are gerson clinics in mexico and a lot of americans and canadians go to the gerson clinics in mexico yeah um and and i think three of the people that were followed went to the gerson clinic in mexico and um um this family with the little boy, Jeremiah, they couldn't take him there. The The Gerson Clinic refused him because the FBI will come and raid the Gerson Clinic and remove minors from the clinic in Mexico. The United States FBI yeah. will go to Mexico and remove children from the Gerson Clinic. Kinda so that's seems well, like that's not okay. Like. Yeah. So that's why she went to Chile. And um, the whole interviews with the parents I mean you could tell that the husband the father of little Jeremiah wasn't as supportive of nutritional therapy for his son's cancer and and he right. was kind of saying things like well you know if we have to do chemo maybe we should do the chemo and you could tell he was like knew his wife was totally passionate about curing their son with nutritional therapy but he wasn't so sure about it. He was, and they were both hugely stressed and worried about their little baby. Understandably. I think anybody is going to be looking at this stuff, and it's it is not clear. Yeah. I mean, of all the information you're provided with, what's true and what's bullshit? What's yeah. you know been spun? What's you know, you can't tell. Yeah. And and I kind of feel like, and, and it was a common story with all these people, like all their friends and family and everybody else in their whole life was like like, you're a fucking idiot. You are so fucking, you are and 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 like the one woman ended up getting divorced over it. Yeah, Because yeah. he's like, you know, now Well, they split up. I don't know if they were married, but yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, no, it was, it actually said divorce. Oh, they Remember? did. Remember? Divorce. Well, she was divorced okay. from the kid's dad. So it was kind of like uh, the, the whole idea is like, well, if if she dies from this, this lark that she's going on, 
then I have to look after the kids, you know, and, and it's like then, you know, and I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, uh, uh, but, but it's like, so the um, American medical bunch is all saying, like, don't look at that shit. That's all hooey. It won't work. And and you're going to waste your time and you're going to, you know, and, and that's evil. That's the evil stuff. That's just scammers over there. Stop looking at those scammers. And, uh, and of course, you know, you watch this movie and you, you kind of get the idea, who are the scammers? It's the American medical folks. And so it's kind of like, ah, shit, this is tough. So, yeah, it makes total sense. And it's like, uh, you know, when people get cancer, what percentage go with conventional medicine? I would imagine it's going to be something closer to 95%. Yeah. So let's see. Poisons poisoned your system and gave you cancer. And what you know, and we sold you the poisons. And but guess what? We're gonna sell you some poison to out to poison the cancer. Right. You know, and it's like, uh, hey, uh, we fight poison with poison. That's 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 our system. See. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, I I think we're about done with the the yeah, political so part. Yeah. So did I did I say that the, the the family the mom took Jeremiah to uh, Chile? Chile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that was a safer place for her to go with him. And and then um, so but the three of them, who was it? It was Marie and Verena and Fred all went to a Gerson um, clinic in Mexico. And there we found out they do um, it's a minimum two year protocol. Mm hmm. And it's 20 pounds of produce every day. Yeah, 20, well, 20 pounds of f- food. food. But, but yeah, and it's, it's almost all it's produce. It's almost all produce with juices every hour and only a tiny amount of flax oil, no other oils, no salt, no sugar, no tea or coffee, except for the coffee and castor oil enemas. And they do enemas like two to three times a day. And um, the coffee enema, you know, I've heard of the enemas before, and I was like, why the heck are they doing that? And that's what protects yeah, the liver. So, so Gerson, when he originally started doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, then his patients kept dying. and But they weren't dying of cancer. They were dying of liver failure. Yeah. And so then it's kind of like when he when he kind of went through the numbers and he cranked it all out and he whatever he did in his research, then basically what he was finding out was that the techniques were extremely effective. Yeah. And what was happening is is that um, the the big cancer blob was being turned into um, was getting pureed. And then, uh, then it's like, okay, there you go, liver. You, the liver had to process. You have to, you have to deal with this, and the liver couldn't deal, and yeah. so then the liver gave out, and they died of liver failure. Um, and so then, basically, he came to the conclusion of like, okay, we've got to do something in such a way that uh, to to support the liver to get the toxins out, so that the liver is not. And so then, um, apparently. This is what does that, yeah. and so I think when I did the, uh, the the review of a beautiful truth with Helen Atow, who beat her cancer with, um, uh, and I, she didn't with go to Gerson, she went to food. something like it, but it was food cure. it was a food cure mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that uh, 
uh, I was when I was watching that I was kind of like, and of course I, I think Helen did not do any kind of animus or anything like that. So there's other other things that don't do, it. but but I kind of was thinking like why they were doing it. They didn't say why, and it's kind of like yeah, I think I'm going to not do that. And and the beautiful truth that's the whole thing. The the boy was like trying to find a cure for his neighbor. And he came back to his neighbor and is like, all you got to do is eat all these vegetables and put coffee in your butt. And the neighbor's like, I can see eating the vegetables, but. <laughs> uh, well, the, the other parts of the Gerson treatment are nutritional supplements. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And no ex- exposure to chemical toxins um, in, in your environment. So... That's the one that was the most important to me. That, yeah. That I thought was like, you know, that's exactly the point I've been making for like 15 years now. Yeah. Is that I think that uh, cancer comes from carcinogens, both known and unknown. Right. And it's kind like... Kind of a dull. So it's kind of like, can I build a structure in a place like Montana, far from most pollutions, not all, but from most, and um, and build it so naturally that if a person has cancer, then they can come here and maybe the cancer just mysteriously goes away. Now, I am not a doctor. I don't know, but I do believe that cancer does come from carcinogens. But I like the things that they said. So they, they were very emphatic about household products. Yeah. And that reminded me of that podcast we did on Chimerical. Yeah. And it's like, at the beginning of the movie, all the people in the house looked awful. And then they got rid of all the toxic gick in their house of, like, just cleaning products. And at the end of the movie, it's like everybody in the house gained 30 IQ points, and they looked way healthy. Um, and it, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, it seemed like they were having, they were struggling to use the English language to make wordy things. Well, and, it, and at the yeah. end, it was like they seemed like they all had a Harvard education or something. <laughs> it's like, wow, um, uh, what a what a difference. Well, and sometimes you can kind of fake that in a documentary or get that to look that way. However, I still think that does happen when you, I, I think your mind clears up a lot, your health clears up a lot when you get away from those toxic things. So, True. yeah. Next up was pesticides. Uh, and then this is, this one's really important, but it's like, I can't, I cannot say this because I am a man. What's that one say right there? <laughs> Cosmetics. And then you kept commenting on the women in the this movie that were still wearing cosmetics and and I don't wear cosmetics anymore. I went through a phase where I did and I, and I no longer do. I went to, through two phases where I wore cosmetics. You know, it was the 80s. Oh, sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. And then but uh I do want to say that some women are able to either a make their own or b source cosmetics that are uber uber uh safe and clean like i do still use cream on my face uh however it's got ingredients that i would eat like oils that i would eat or you know like coconut oil yeah right so um, beeswax. Right. That kind of thing. So if, if you're, um, so 
the cosmetics and hair products and stuff. And you can make hair products out of salt water and uh, flaxseed. And, you know, I mean, you can make body care things out of things that are so clean and safe and nutritious, actually, that you could eat them. So I just have to say, yes, uh, you know, n- 99% of the cosmetics out there, you do not want touching your skin. They will make you ill or contribute to illness and 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 degrade your health. However, I do think there are some that are okay. So uh, I, I was not willing to say, oh, that woman shouldn't be wearing makeup, you know, because well, I, that, I don't was... feel that's my place to say. So when, I, well, when I'm watching this video... Then it's kind of like, you know, then here comes a woman and she's talking about how, you know, you ought to go and get the conventional treatment. And and I'm kind of, it's and in fact, when they go in and they're getting the conventional treatment and they had all that video of conventional treatment, I'm just kind of like looking around the room and I'm thinking like, the whole room just seems kind of toxic to me. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's like, I'm not saying that where we live right now, it's perfect. But I want to create structures where it is yeah. far better than where we're living now. And I think where we're living now is far better than what they were in. And so I, I just kind of, and I feel like, oh, here's what I've done is I put a bunch of toxic gick all over my face. And then I kind of wonder, where the fuck did the cancer come from? Oh, the cancer fairy just picked me randomly. Right. You know? And, um, yeah. So I kind of I kind of feel like that's an issue. And then I want to point out that uh, uh, when it comes to putting creams on one's face, I don't put any cream on my face uh, ever <laughs> and uh, uh, any hair product? Yeah, I don't use any hair product. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, what else? Deodorant? <laughs> I don't. I don't use any because we've done the poolist thing, and I don't need any now. I'm so I'm told. Uh, I haven't had anybody. I do tell and you. And I've asked you're... people. I've asked people like, hey, do I do I smell pity? Huh? Nope. I do tell you when you get bad breath. Yeah, I get that sometimes, but that's, I think that's been more recently when... Um, There's other things going on. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, it seemed like Teflon pans were something that they're good for them. Uh, you know, uh, then... Uh, oh, here was a big one. I thought this was a huge one. Showering in fluoridated tap water. Yeah. Or they mentioned fluoridated. I think they also probably meant, meant chlorinated as well as fluoridated. And so one of the um, cancer patients, uh, Marie, uh, was bathing in this, over the sink with distilled water. Yeah. Just so she wouldn't have that, um, her tap water, uh, touching her skin. And, and that was impressive. So, you know, juicing every hour, bathing with distilled water over the sink, um, you know, creating all these foods with all and all of this produce and doing the enemas twice a day. I mean, imagine keeping that up for two years. Which is the point. And and it's, and there's uh, we're gonna, and we're going back to that two years thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I've got to back up here a little bit. I want to start off by saying that uh, when I wrote this note, I thought, oh, cool, they got six different people. They're probably going to try six different techniques out of the hundreds. Right. And I didn't know that a majority of the people were going to do the Gerson thing. And and I'm kind of like, man, this is... So so when so many people started doing the Gerson path, I thought, oh, man, is this turning into a puff piece for Gerson? Well, and and I wasn't so much worried about that. I, I just, you know, obviously six people is more of an anecdotal thing. 
Um, however, they they have a PhD researcher that they interview quite a bit through here. What was her name? Who? Um, where did I write her down? Well, how about while you look up your notes for that, I want to point out that the, the thing I'm going for is is that they said that the Gerson technique is basically support the body's immune system to fight the cancer. Right. As opposed to let's poison the cancer with poison. You know, right. Which you got the cancer from poison, so it only makes sense we're going to poison it with more poison. More poison is what you need. Right. So instead, it's like, no, how about this? How about if we uh, take out all the poisons so that the immune system has a chance? Yeah, and, and I thought it was really <laughs> nice. I'll come back to this other researcher later. I thought it was really nice that they went into the history of Dr. Max Gerson a little bit and how... Um, there were some things I didn't know about him. I, I've heard of him over the years, ever since uh, uh, some of that thread about curing cancer has been on permies, and there's different things that I've looked up on the Internet. But it was really nice. They did a nice history of Dr. Gerson, and he initially had migraines himself and couldn't figure out how to get them to go away, and he changed his diet and found out they went away with diet. So then he started introducing this, the, the migraine treatment, as he called it, for his patients. And it just so happened that one of his patients also had tuberculosis lesions. And the migraine diet cured both the migraines and the tuberculosis lesions for a patient. So he started gradually expanding and working with this diet. And then it ended up curing somebody's cancer, and he was so excited because cancer is like the epitome of what a doctor would like to be able to cure, I mean, I right. would think. So then he started developing this therapy for them. So part of what interrupted his um, ability to keep uh, furthering these treatments and getting these treatments well known is he had to flee Germany. <laughs> Because he was a Jew during World War II, and he had to flee. Uh, and it's a good thing he did because his all of his other seven siblings were killed by the Nazis. Mm -hmm. So he ended up being in New York. And uh, <clears throat> I just thought this was really interesting history. And they, they, they tried to um, get funding for cancer research based on his protocols. Um, and it was voted down, so um, they wouldn't give him funding. And the AMA kept calling him a, a quack. quack. And and I I just found all of that kind of interesting with his his history. Um, so the beautiful truth movie goes into all the bullshit that they put Gerson okay. through. Um, okay. You know, because there's more. The, the story is yeah. much richer than yeah. and this movie. Just the movie Skimmed was it. just kind of touched on it just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But all right. Uh, the guy with the prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. Then um, uh, basically the story is that his brother died of cancer, his sister died of cancer. Yeah. And then um, and he was the one that was told that okay, you, congratulations, you have cancer. Uh, we want you to do all the conventional stuff, and there's a 30% chance of your survival. Right. That's right. And and he was kind of like, well. 
screw you guys. <laughs> well, he was considering the. He went so far as to get the tattoo. He showed that on his yeah. lower abdomen <clears throat> uh, for the radiation therapy. They right. they gave him a tattoo so they'd know exactly where to aim the radiation for the radiation treatments. So he'd gone that far. And then he said he felt like his brother spoke to him, who had died of the same cancer. And his brother had said, what are you doing, man? Don't do this or something. Didn't work for me. It killed me. But, you know, so why are you doing it? Yeah. yeah. So he that's when he stopped and decided he would not do it. So, yeah, he, he traveled this, this other path. Um, let's see. And... Deep, deep, deep. and yeah, going back to the Gerson treatment, however, I just want to say there were lots of nutritional supplements in addition to things, including B12 injections with liver extract. And so people would go to Mexico for two weeks, and we saw three of the people followed by the documentaries do that, go for two weeks, and then they go home with injectable B12 and a suitcase full of supplements. Yeah. And and they're supposed to continue doing this at home. And um, and I kind of think you got to do it because it's like, and, and in fact, we're going to get into this a little bit in a moment here, but uh, it's like when they're there for the two weeks, they're like, this is just ridiculous. This is nuts. This mm-hmm. is... And and it basically does end up becoming pretty much a full time job to to do this, and and I think that um, and part part of what I, I what I want to emphasize for a lot of this is is that because we're so much set up as to like no um, Oreos and Diet Coke that's health food that's good for you that's great stuff that's good food we we're not you know you should eat extra Diet Coke and Oreos, and then let's get you set up on chemo. But you go ahead and eat all the Oreos and Diet Coke that you want. And and so it's it's kind of like um, uh, if you're eating this way, which is dominantly vegan, and, and that's another thing too, is like right now, I'm eating mostly vegan, not entirely, but mostly. And there's been a couple times that we're in town, and we're going to be there all day for reasons, seeing doctors, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, geez, I want to go get some food. And uh, it's like, well, what restaurant can we go to? And it's like the pickings are pretty slim uh, when you're eating this way. And I think that's a big part of it is it's like um, uh, McDonald's. Uh, they have a dollar menu. And so you can get a burger for a dollar. And and why is it a dollar? Well, uh, all of the grains that make up the bun were like subsidized 80, maybe even 90 percent. And the grains fed the beef. The grains fed the beef are like, you know, 70 to 80 percent. I mean, the petroleum that they use from the fertilizers is subsidized. Right. The, there's so many layers upon layers upon layers. So basically, you paid to have this cheap burger through your taxes. Yeah. And and then it's like, because what if right next door a McSquishies opened up? Yeah. And McSquishies offers 
vegan food and you know this this kind of, and 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 stuff that's more like you get it on a plate and it's broccoli and I don't know what else but um uh you can have meat too sure we serve paleo and we serve you know but it's it's a uh, plant based it's it's going to be something that's more along the lines of what you know more vegetables uh less bread less sugar uh we don't offer milkshakes or we don't we don't even offer soda pop of any kind um and if you do have coffee uh the sweetener we offer is stevia i'm always glad <laughs> we go someplace i need to get a cup of coffee that they offer stevia yeah, yeah. but that's rare it's rare to find a place that's but it's it's like um so then McSquishies right now it would everything would cost like 10 times more and and um it's because it's not subsidized yeah and so uh later they start going into the whole thing about like oh I'm trying to do this but it's so expensive and it's like and you can't and you've got it becomes a full-time job because you can't go to McSquishies there is no McSquishies well I just made that up right well and so much of the medical profession is in so many ways subsidized by the pharmaceutical companies I mean they give free drugs as samples all the time they get free lunches to the doctors all the time they you know they have this huge lobbying engine and i mean all of this stuff is subsidized by pharmaceuticals so that just becomes the norm in the medical thing in the medical realm as well i um uh i think this is the right order um what was impressive to I think both of us our eyebrows raised at this is that Verena and I know I'm saying that incorrectly in Switzerland um, she was able to go to a Gerson clinic in Hungary and Europeans can choose their cancer treatment they would never be required to give their kids chemotherapy but they can choose alternative therapies uh, more easily in Europe. Right, an FBI SWAT team doesn't hunt you down and right. force you to go to chemo. And make you a fugitive. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Okay, before we move on to the next thing, I want to finish. I've got one more. So we've got um, the Gerson program. Now, and yeah. granted, I think that there's going to be programs that are going to cure cancer, that are going to be uh, paleo, maybe Weston A. Price. Uh, sure. um, I mean, I, I think that uh, there's going to be a long, long list of different programs, but it just so happens that in this one, it was mostly the, the Gerson thing, which is a vegan diet, organic yeah, which I think is, the organic. is super important. Very, it has to be organic. And I, I'm thinking like, okay, that's a good step. Because I think organic food is like, has one-tenth the toxicity of conventional. And so they're not, it's not, and I think that, that permaculture food is probably got uh, one-tenth the toxicity of organic. Right. But, but okay, all right. So, so uh, organic 20 pounds per day, and they had a list of, like, you know, no wheat. There is no wheat in there at all, and there's no sugar right. at all. And no salt. Uh, that's kind of a weird one. But, that was weird to me, okay. too. But, yeah. uh, but no processed foods, and it did seem yeah. like what everybody was bringing home was enormous loads of vegetables. In fact, it looked like they were doing 40 pounds of carrots every week. Yeah, yeah. It and, uh, but it looked like they were mostly juicing it, and it's like, uh, wow, that's a lot. Now, yeah. 
So the, the, the key is is that I, I wish to state, which was not stated in this show, that it doesn't have to be a vegan thing. I'll bet that there are other approaches that are just as effective and, and not vegan. And one thing you want the to point B12. out is that this is not necessarily vegan. Right. Well, the B12 shots that they were all, that they were doing, uh, the three that we saw that went to Mexico were doing B12 shots that had a liver extract in it. So that's, that's obviously not vegan. This podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.